Hello everybody, this is We Are Marvel, a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan podcast that covers all the corners of the MCU. My name is Jerry. And my name is Justin. And join us as we delve deep into the MCU from Iron Man to Endgame and beyond. Join us wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye. Welcome everyone to Pod and Gore, your one-stop shop for everything horror. Now here's your hosts, Justin and Brandon. Take it away, boys. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pod and Gore, your one-stop shop for holiday horrors. My Mm. name is Brandon. My name is Justin. And welcome... Switching it up on me there. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta keep it fresh any way you can. Um, And welcome to our... Um, my bloody Valentine. I'm gonna cut Valentine's a little bit of Day that. Special. <laughs> yeah, Valentine's Day special. I'm <laughs> I'm in a sandwich coma, so I was brain farting there. Uh, how many did you have? You know how many I had. Piece of shit. <laughs> Mind your own business. It was more or less the the chicken noodles that I was excited about. But I I I try not to eat a whole lot of bread and all that kind of stuff. But like. Mm-hmm. By depriving myself of delicious sandwiches, I tend to go ham, literally, when I eat them, so... That's fair. I feel like I ate Thanksgiving lunch, and <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe give me 15 minutes before we start this. <laughs> I need to... Oh, okay. Oh, man. So, before we dive into the things, have you have you had you seen this one before? No, I saw the remake and remembered liking it, but it hadn't. I haven't watched it in ten plus years. But I'd never seen the original, mm-hmm. and I really liked it. Yeah, I did too. It's um, I don't. I I feel like it's one of those ones that you don't hear enough about. No, I think part of it's there was one. Yeah. You know, it's a one and done, and then they made did the remake. As far as I know, unless there's some long lost sequel I didn't know existed, like Birds. Yeah, it's possible. But, Maybe we'll take a look when we get to um, our notes. Indeed. But I, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I mean, it was made in 81. Mm-hmm. I was really expecting to find something to crap on, but I didn't. I had a hard time for a dumbest moment on the scorecard. I liked it so much. Yeah, I I came up with my dumbest this morning. Fair. When I was um, I was thinking, I'm like, man, who, what, what, you know, what should be my dumbest moment? And then, mm-hmm. um, kind of dawned on me, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. Mm. Mine's a bit of a cop out, but it's worth mentioning. Okay, fair enough. But we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, hold on here. So, but I guess without further ado, we'll just jump right into the. Into the into the thing here. So, oh my stomach, my <laughs> stomach. Oh. Um, so, my bloody Valentine is a 1981 Canadian slasher film directed by George uh, Mahalka, Mahalka, sure. and written by John Baird. It stars Paul Kelman, Laurie uh, Hallier, and Neil Affleck. Affleck is any relation? No. So I I. I looked up some notes. I was looking some stuff up to try to see if there was any relation. Like, 
one will say one site will say yes they're you know related another site will say no they're not related so i don't know for sure but when i looked up his informations he did play axel in my bloody valentine the same year mm-hmm. he played a medical student in the mall in the movie scanners hmm. he was also director of seven episodes of the simpsons Oh, nice. He directed uh, seven episodes. Episodes. That's how it's going to be. Seven (laughs) episodes of The Simpsons. Two of Family Guys. Um, He did The Simpsons Christmas 2 segment. Um, Some Paw Patrol. So, like, he did a lot of animation stuff. He was a part of the animation department on The Simpsons movie. Nice. And so, like, I found more information on that than I did anything else but um he's most known for those things and he also has been in um he's been pretty active as of late but it looks like he the last credit that he had uh was in 1987 as an actor and then popped up again in 2015 and then started doing um doing stuff all the way up until hmm. 2019 has some post productions. Not that this is an episode on Neil Affleck or anything like that, no. but we definitely, I, I was asking a simple question that spiraled into a five minute discussion, but well, it is interesting. Yeah. It just, well, and the reason why it, it spiraled was because I was, I clicked on the thing because and I saw that he had been involved with quite a bit of Simpsons and I know that yeah. that's up your alley. So get off my True. fucking back. Wow, I did just get my itchy and scratchy pops. So I, I saw excited, that. That's pretty I cool. I bought a, <laughs> I bought the Harry and Lloyd in their um, mm. colored tuxes. I saw those at Walmart. I was like, I gotta get them, dude. Especially if they have both. Yeah. Mm. Um, oh, they also had the anyway. One, they also had the the one where he was in his snow suit where he was holding mm. the monies, and I was like, oh. Mm. Um, the plot tells uh the the plot tells about a group of young adults who decide to throw a Valentine's Day party only to incur the vengeful wrath of an assailant in mining gear who begins a killing spree. Um, which is kind of like, like out of all the slashers, I dude, like the concept of this movie, it, like it's kind of hokey, but it, it works really well. For yeah. Me. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like if they hadn't felt so compelled to chase Friday the 13th, and Halloween and do a, a, a holiday theme. Yeah. The rest of this works perfect. Well, but I mean, even still, like, the yeah, like, I guess if you take out the Valentines, I don't know. Like, it works There's, more it, than it doesn't. It works, yeah, but it's also not necessary. Like, no. it could be literally anything else, yeah. and it would be fine. It, yeah, it could literally just be... It's basically, <laughs> it's basically like a murderous Footloose. You better not have yeah. a party. <laughs> it's like if Footloose was a killer movie where like you got killed if they caught you dancing. You know what I mean? Like it's just a more extreme version of that <laughs> with no Kevin Bacon. He was uh, doing something else. Yeah. Um, so conceived and produced entirely over the course of around a year, the film was shot on location in Sydney Mines in Nova Scotia in the fall of 1980 
It was theoretically, oh, the, theoretically, theatrically released on February 11th, 1981 by Paramount Pictures, coinciding with the Valentine's holiday, which is why we're doing this also. As a recording, yeah. this movie came out 40, 40 years, 40 years ago, two days ago. Wow. Hot dog. Oh, God damn. Because I was born we two years later. I'm getting old. old. Um, (laughs) So despite a mixed response from critics and grossing about 5.7 million at the box office, the film was developed, uh, has developed a large cult following over the years since its release, which I feel is like the case with 90% of these movies. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously it's horror. They're not going to garner the same attention yeah i mean maybe maybe more so now than then but uh, well and there are so many i mean this was like the beginning of the glut of 80s every other week there's seven horror movies coming out right and i mean i feel so. like and i don't know horror seems to be kind of like really mainstream right now too yeah. and so um so my bloody valentine faced notable censorship having a total of nine minutes cut by the uh, MPAA due to the amount of violence and gore. Uh, Though co-producer Dunning confirmed that the excised footage still existed, attempts to release it proved difficult as Paramount Pictures refused to offer an uncut version. In 2009, Lionsgate subsequently... See, I can say that. Why did I say theoretically when I meant to say theatrically? God. You're kind of dumb. Yep. I'll cut you. Uh, Licensed the home media rights to the film and released uh, Blu-ray and DVD editions with three minutes of additional footage restored. The same year, Mm. Lionsgate released a remake of the film. Cash grab. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tagline, cross your heart and hope to die. Done. (laughs) Yeah. So, director George Mahalka on the strength of his earlier movie Pickup Summer, was approached by Cinepix Productions, headed by Andre Link and John Dunning, with a two-movie contract. Mahalka was asked to direct a horror slasher story presented to Dunning by Stephen Miller in the mid-1980. And after Mahalka agreed uh, to direct, John Baird was brought in to write the screenplay. The film was originally entitled The Secret. However, the producers decided to change it to My Bloody Valentine, so to overtly reference the holiday serial killer trend, which was the sla- which the slasher genre was becoming in- increasingly popular, through films such as Black Christmas, Halloween, and Friday the 13th. At the time, the slasher subgenre had seen further uh, further commercial success with the releases of Prom Night and Terror Train, both 1980, both starring Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, it, busy, you know, busy and it's not a JLC. it's not a a bad gimmick to no. ba- and, you know it gives you something immediately to be like, oh, it's based on or you know focused around this day of the year. It gives you a hook, but in this case, it's doesn't matter mm-hmm. well i would re- i mean the way they did this one works better for me than say if they made like a memorial day killer or a fourth sure. of july day killer <laughs> you know what i yeah. mean like 
Um, Valentine's Day is as good a day as any. Probably one of the better days, aside from, you know, Halloween or Christmas. Right. It's probably number three in the days you could pick. That's true. But, yeah, and it, it really does take a lot of the... Um, a lot of the work out of it for you. It's all set mm-hmm. up. You got a built-in, you know, base to kind of build off of. Yeah. Um, so Paul Kelman was cast in the lead role of TJ, while Neil Affleck was cast as Axel, his former friend and co-worker. Laurie uh, Hallier, Hallier was cast as Sarah, the girlfriend of Axel and ex-girlfriend of TJ Hallier. Oh, how uh, I didn't see my own period there. Hallier arrived to the set several weeks after the other actors as she had prior obligations at the National Theater School of Canada, where mm-hmm. she was studying at the time. Director Mahalka, intent on casting her in the role, convinced her academic advisors to allow her to finish the semester early in order to appear in the film. It's like you're going to school, you're going to theater school, and you're like, you're cast in a yeah. movie, a motion picture, a big, it's mm-hmm. going to be a big deal. Like, in theory. Yeah. Like, I mean, it got put out by Paramount. Like, I mean, it had more commercial than, you know, say some of the other ones that were put out. It sure. wasn't like a direct-to-video or nothing. Like, she was going to be in a theatrical-released film be like, why would you not be like, hey, I know I'm studying this, but, like, I need to go do this. So <laughs> let's let's get this done. Well, it's nice that they let her kind of slide. Like, you don't want her to fail out of the class and then the movie bombs. And it's like, (laughs) oh, well, I'm screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So shooting on My Bloody Valentine began in in September of 1980, taking place around the Prince. Wow. So the movie started shooting in September and then was released in February. So that's what, like six months, not even. Yeah, like five. Yeah, that's a quick, quick turnaround. Yeah. Like, well, what, I mean, it didn't need much. No, it didn't need much. And that, like, it's just obviously times are different. Like, I would love a five-month turnaround on big movies. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. do I only have to wait this long? Okay. You mean to tell me I don't have to wait a year and a half for this? Sold. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Um, so taking place around the Princess Color- Colory Mine. Uh, in in Sydney Mines, Nova Scotia, which had closed in 1975, the hold on here. Holding. Yeah, I'm gonna. Um. The drawback of having three monitors is like I'm looking off to the side, so uncomfortable. I don't need to see my face. Um. I don't need to see your face either, just so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody missed me while I was on vacation. Who? Huh? Okay. <laughs> so filming completed in November of 1980. The budget was approximately 2.3 million. So I mean, it doubled it. What did it get back? Seven. Seven point two was it? I have it written right here. Five point seven. So yeah, so it just did double. It did about double. Yeah, which is still hey, if I give you two million dollars and you give me back four, I'll be happy. Yeah. Um, theoretically. So, lost my place here. Uh, Two mines were considered for the setting, the other in Glace Bay, Nova Scotia. The uh, production company decided on on the Sydney Mines location due to the exterior being a dreary, 
cold and dusty area with no other buildings around it, so it looked like it was totally in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah, those yards are real, my man. Oh, <laughs> it's contagious, you dick. I didn't yawn. No, I, so I was reading, and I saw your head tilt off back to the side, and I'm like, mm. you fucker. Um, I, was, I was scratching my eye. Oh, gross. Um, yeah. Um, Brightburn. I wasn't flipping you off. Um, <laughs> I was flipping you off. I know it's rude. So, uh, Mahalka has since uh, has said since making the movie that the most difficult element of My Bloody Valentine was filming in the mines. Located 2,700 feet underground, filming in the mine was a lengthy process as, due to the limited space in the elevators, it would take an hour to transport the cast and crew to the location. Wow, that's dedication. Because, I mean, like, never once did I not believe that they were underground. Yeah. Like, I mean, and here it shows you, yeah, they were damn near 3,000 feet under. That's Um, crazy. So, also, due to the methane levels underground, uh, lighting had to be carefully planned as the number of bulbs that could be safely utilized was uh, limited. Prior to the production's arrival to the mine, the owners cleaned up the location significantly, leaving uh, leaving it described as a clean and colorful Disneyland like set. Sweet. Um, this resulted in the production team spending an estimated $30,000 to paint portions of the mine to achieve a darker atmosphere akin to how it had appeared, uh, in its original state. Uh, producer Dunning referred to the shoot as horrendous. Could you imagine being like, Hey, this is the mine we want to use sweet. They're like, Hey, we'll clean it up for you. No, don't do it. They clean it up. Now we got to spend $30,000 to make it look like <laughs> shit again. Yeah. Um, like the so, point is bad. <laughs> Make it look bad. Horror movie. Yeah. Um, the crew kept the identity of the killers a secret to the cast members until the end of production when the final scene was shot in order to assure the actors played their parts in an, an ambiguous manner. Huh. So, yeah, none of them knew who the killer was until the end of the movie. That's cool. That's, yeah, That's I like really that cool. a lot. Um, so, Did he know? Huh? Like, was it actually him doing it the whole time? He might, I don't think he knew. That's what it made it seem like, is like not even he knew until they put the suit on him last day and we're like, okay, here's the deal. You're like, oh, okay, god damn it. Yeah, because I mean... That'd be really cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, My Bloody Valentine was distributed by Paramount Pictures in the United States on February 11th, 1981, and in Canada on February 13th, 1981, which was 40 years ago today. Happy 40 years ago, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, My Bloody Valentine grossed uh, $5,672,031 uh, $5, at the U.S. box office. Though the U.S. gross exceeded the film's $2.3 million budget, it was considered a box office disappointment by Paramount, ref- uh, returning a derisory derisor- sum. I don't know. I've never seen that word. Of $3.3 million. The profit amounted to less than one third of the uh, of Paramount's Friday the Thirteenth release the year before. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so, in retrospective, on the review uh, aggregator website Rotten Tomatoes, it holds a fifty-four percent approval rating based on twenty-four, with an average of five point four out of ten. 
Um, in March, uh, in a March 30th, 2007 issue of Entertainment Weekly, the film was ranked 17 in a list of guilty pleasures, listed among such films as Dawn of the Dead and Escape from New York, and called the most criminally under, underappreciated of the slasher genre. Popular filmmaker Quentin Tarantino called it his all-time favorite slasher film. It's up there, yeah. man. Like, watching it again, because it's been a few years since I had seen it. Um, I always forget how much I enjoy it. Like, that's how long it yeah. is in between viewings. I'm like... Um, but thankfully, it's is on it Prime, good? though. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. So, is it good? I yeah, like it, good. yeah. Well, I said I had never seen it before, but I liked the remake, and so I was cautiously optimistic, and I... I don't see myself watching it all the time. Yeah. But it's definitely good. Yeah, Did I enjoyed the it? remake. I want to say I think I... In 2009 is when the remake came out. That was only 12 years ago. I was 25. Yeah, I don't think I had seen the original before I saw the remake. Hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember. But I remember seeing the remake in theaters, and I was like, oh, it's all right. Like... I had never seen, yeah, I never had seen the original. So when it turned out that Jensen Ackles' character was the killer, I was like, yeah. it caught. I, I didn't see it coming at all, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and then when I was rewatching this one, like I hadn't seen it in a while, and I forgot. I thought it was. I I remembered wrong. I thought it was TJ. They definitely make it seem like it should be. Yeah, I'm like because he's kind of a dick. dick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, for quite a while. Yeah. In a retrospective assessment, film historian Adam Rockoff wrote that the film was always easily one of the best and most polished slasher films. Um, out, yeah, dude, outside of, like, your pantheon, dude, obviously, um, Harry Warden's not really up there. No. You know, he didn't, have a, he didn't have a franchise. He wasn't even in this movie, really. Um, but, like... Yeah, you don't really think of the minor. No, and again, I think it goes to it wasn't successful, therefore there weren't a billion of them. Yeah, you which know, I for... probably went to that as well. It was nice to... Yeah, like for better or worse, the reason we know the big three is because there's 20-some-odd movies between the three of them. Yeah, some some good, uh, some not so good. <laughs> Most not. But yeah, they're. I would say most not, but yeah. In <laughs> um, another retrospective assessment by scholar Jim Harper in his book *Legacy of Blood: A Comprehensive Guide to Slasher Movies*. Want he, that book? Huh? <laughs> I want that book. I do too, actually. He <laughs> notes that the film distinguishes itself from other slashers by moving outside the typical teen-based scenario instead of focusing on a group of twenty-something. Uh, adults in a working-class community and relying on a notable atmosphere dread, which is true. That's like, it, yeah. like I didn't think kids. I just thought young adults that were like, you know, they're mm-hmm. working, they're doing their thing. Yeah, I'm like trying to make it through. Yeah, there were some times where they were annoying, and it was like it was hard to pick a most wanted to die because it was like most of them. Yeah, because they're all kind of dumb and irritating. But well, and that was the thing too, because it was like. Hollis was the one who would, like, he seemed like he was a lot of fun, but then he was the one that kind of got serious, but then, like, I never really took him serious because of that mustache, and so I'm like... <laughs> sure. Um, 
So My Bloody Valentine was significantly censored in North, in North America upon its theatrical release. Um, for the MPAA to award the movie with an R rating, cuts were requested to every death scene in the film. Producer Dunning said that the film was essentially cut to ribbons in order to achieve an R rating. Even after, the cutting, even after cutting the film to match the requirements made by the MPAA, it was again returned with an X rating and further cuts were de- uh, demanded. Still, uh, stills of the trimmed footage were published in Fa- uh, Fangoria magazine whilst the film was still in production, though the sequences were not um, excised, excised from the theatrical version. Um... Even today, the complete uncut version has not been released, though the 2009 DVD Blu-ray release by Lionsgate reinstated three minutes of the footage. The standard North American theatrical cut of the film uh, ran approximately 90 minutes. In the UK, the film was passed for a theatrical release by the British Board of Film Classification um, on March 30th of 1981. According to the BBFC catalog, the film... Uh, the version of the film ran at 90 minutes and 55 seconds. There are two reasons that they, um, that there are two reasons that are frequently attributed to the extreme cutting of the film. It has been suggested that Paramount Pictures was keen to remove the offending footage due to the backlash they received from releasing Friday the 13th the previous year. The second reason that Mahalka attributes is that the movie was cut due to the murder of John Lennon in December of 1980, stating that there was mm. major backlash against movie violence in the wake of his death. Fair. Yeah. But you can tell. Like, watching this, I went, God, this movie got edited down. Mm-hmm. I mean, every kill is off screen, Yeah, basically. Yeah, it definitely leaves a lot to the imagination. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about this a little bit more when we do our scorecard. Um, mm-hmm. But... Well, I mean, that... What I like about it is that even though it, it was obviously edited and you didn't get to see much, the things that you did see, like the hearts in the boxes, were awesome. Mm-hmm. Like that first scene, I wasn't expecting that at all. <laughs> right. And it was just like, oh my God, this is... I, it, unfortunately, it amped me up for a level of brutality that we didn't get. Right. But still... I know that was the thing that that um, also kind of disappointed me too, because the thing I was thinking about watching this movie, I was like, man, this is the only movie where somebody reads the card every time before looking at whatever's in the you know the contents. Like if you get like you get a, a birthday present and it comes with a card, like you're supposed to read the card first so you know who the present's from. But when yeah. I was younger, no, I no. read the cards later. Like when my parents said, read the card. Yeah. Make sure you read the card. I'm like, I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> Is there money in it? No, I'll okay. get to it. Yeah. I'll skim it real quick. Um, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Love your great, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. You're awesome. Great. Thank That's you. Great. Okay. Bye. <laughs> um, so every I, time you do that, I want to break into Eiffel 65. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know that I'm going to think of that every time I do that. I hate you. Um, an uncensored cut of my bloody Valentine remained un- unavailable to the public for nearly 30 years after its original release. When Paramount released the film on DVD in North America for the first time in 2002, the studio claimed that the, 
um, purported missing footage did not exist. In 2008, Lionsgate licensed the home video rights to the film after producing a feature film remake and in the process um, acquired a copy of the excised footage um, never seen before in the standard theatrical cut of the film. In January 2009, Lionsgate, under license from Paramount, released an unrated Region 1 Special Edition DVD and Blu-ray featuring this footage. The DVD Blu-ray allows viewers the option to watch the standard rated R version of the film as well as the uncensored version of the film, um, which, excise, which in which excised violent footage is reinstated. They, God, a lot of excised. Um, the, uh, despite this, three scenes play uh, in their unrated form regardless of which version is being viewed. The flashback of Axel's father's death um, and then Harry Warden with the arm. Harry Warden with the arm. Which one was Harry? Harry well, Harry Warden was the original killer. Oh, the one he's stuck in the mine and he's chewing on the guy's arm to, oh, to yeah, survive. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Um, commenting on the release, director Mahalka said... With this release, we have it back to uh, we have it back to eighty percent of the image and ninety five percent of the image or impact back. Whoo! It's a lot of I words. Yeah. Well, I was right. Yeah. So they ha- at that point they had it back to eighty percent of the image back and then yeah ninety five percent of the impact back. Um. So in total, the two thousand nine special edition Blu Ray DVD. Reinstates approximately two and a half minutes of the uh, previously unreleased footage back into the film, which contradicts any earlier cra- uh, claim by Mahalka that it had been trimmed by eight or nine minutes. Uh, it has been. Well, that al- makes me wonder: is there stuff they still left out, or is that all that was there? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Because when you said the nine minutes, and then you said on. Only three was put back. I was like, so there's still stuff we haven't seen? Potentially. Well, and that's the thing, too, man, because when I watched it on Prime, I watched the theatrical. Like, uh, it was the only thing that was on there. I kind of want to see. I kind of want to find the uncut. Yeah, I kind of want to scour the Amazons now and see if it uh, is at a reasonable price. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, Oh, excuse me. That uh, turkey and ham is clapping back. Um... I lost my place again. Now listen up here. <laughs> Don't, dude. I, <laughs> God damn it. I I do it not even thinking about it, and then now you're going to make me... That's why it's funny. Yeah. Good. Excuse me. I'm burpy. So there is a there is a Blu-ray on Amazon right now. Uh, 20, yes, $24 collector's edition. I see that. I was saying if it had the... Bonus content, uh, 4K scan of the original, blah blah blah. It's got some, it's got some uh, special features on there, dude. No, no kidding. Well, this one was the runtime is an hour and thirty three minutes, so there's three extra minutes on this movie, so hmm. that oh, will be okay. it. I'm gonna add that to my uh, wish list. Yeah, not a bad idea. Oh, maybe if we ever talk about the remake because see that was the thing if i wouldn't have been playing uh valheim so much these last couple days i would have watched the original or the uh, remake as well 
and yeah. kind of talked about the, the differences of it. But maybe if we ever cover the remake, we'll cover the remake and then the bonus features. Yeah, we've got something to do next year. Yeah. Okie dokie. So... In 2009, the special edition reinstates approximately two and a half minutes of the footage. Okay, I read all that. Um, It has been argued that the so-called uncut DVD Blu-ray is still missing additional footage, particularly the double impalement of Mike and Harriet, which the director recalls filming. It is uh, thought that the remaining footage appears to be composed of expository scenes such as uh, dialogue and other non-violent violence-related material. This is given credence uh, by the fact that Mahalka gave his seal of approval to this release and uh, and a written introduction by him precedes the film um, on the special edition DVD Blu-ray stating that this is the version... Uh, this was the way the version of the film was always meant to be seen. Um, so it was re- it was released to both videotape and laserdisc in 1980. The film made its DVD debut in 2002. Um, blah blah blah. I basically read all this stuff already. Um, on January 16, 2009, shortly after the particularly uncut version of the film was released. A remake titled My Bloody Valentine 3D was released in theaters, which I'm pretty sure... That's right, it was 3D. Huh? I forgot it was 3D. Yeah, and that was the thing... Because everything was in 3D back then. Yeah, oh yeah, dude. Uh, It was... And I actually saw that in theaters also. Um, And that one... I I really wish I would have watched this before going through, but I mean, at the time it had... Everybody, you know, it had Jensen Ackles, Jamie King, Kerr Smith, all these people that were, even Tom Atkins was in it. Um, a lot of these people that were really big in those, you know, mm-hmm. in the early in the thousands. 2000s. Yeah. Um, I definitely need to rewatch that because knowing that, because see, Ax, um, Kerr Smith plays Axel. I mean, all the names seem to be different in this one, except for um, Axel and Sarah's names are the same, and Jensen Ackle plays Tom Hanniger, which it, Hanniger's... In, um, I, may, I wonder if Tom is TJ. So maybe they Probably. did... Maybe they did a little bit of a flip there. Well, and given, as I say, given the reveal, that means that they at least changed who the killer is yeah, for the... And I could be hmm. remembering it wrong. I haven't seen it for 13 years. Hmm. Um, anywho. Anywho. So that right there is um, all the fun stuff of um, all the notes. I right. We do have some some fun facty stuff. Not a whole lot, thankfully. Okay. Um, so Tommy's rumbling. Um in a recent interview, actor Neil Affleck revealed that he still had the miner's helmet that he wore in the film. That's pretty cool. Nice. Um, one of the makeup designers once shifted dummy corpse to the set in a coffin, which caused much alarm when it r- arrived at Canadian Customs. 
That's fair. Um, nowhere in the film does it ever say what kind of mine the fictional Hanegar mine is. However, the general assumption from viewers is that it's a coal mine, and it was filmed in a coal mine setting. That's kind of what I figured. Yeah, me too. Given, yeah, they all kind of looked like they uh, were definitely out there playing in the coal. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the houses seen in the scenery of the film were company houses, um, houses built by the Cape Breton Coal Mining Companies for miners. As of 2015, several of them were still standing, hmm. which is kind of crazy. Like, I couldn't imagine being a coal miner. No. I don't like doing my job. If it was even harder, it's like, no thanks. Well, no, I can't. Our job, like, working in that warehouse is, not like, nothing like working in a coal mine. That's what I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't want to do that. Like, I'm trying to remember what movie it was. Like, it wasn't Rocky. Maybe it was Invincible with Marky Mark. Mark. I don't know. But working at a coal mine, like, it seemed like everybody that lives in Pittsburgh works in, in, like, steel mines and all that kind of stuff. It's like October Sky. I never saw it. It's a good movie. Um, it's about rockets. In in the ending credits of the song, in the ending credits, the song line says, and those still alive know the secret survives. This is referring to the movie's originally intended title, The Secret. Hmm. Um, so the caption near the beginning states, Thursday, February 12th, indicating that the dance will be on Saturday the 14th. That means Friday the 13th falls in between them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, the Friday the 13th series was released by Paramount, and the plot of My Be- uh, My Bloody Valentine is similar to that. Um, yeah. So in the fiction novel Smog City, the main character visits the small town of Sydney Mines, Nova Scotia, wearing a My Bloody Valentine movie T-shirt. In an interview, the author of the Nova, uh, novel stated that this was uh, an homage to the movie because it was her favorite slasher movie, um, and she often visited Sydney Mines in real life. The Esso gas station, gas station scene where Chief Newbie drives away and radios the police station still exists as of 2015, though it has been modernized a great deal in the past few decades. Um, that's kind of like, um, I'm in a bunch of horror groups on Facebook and there was a person that went and took a bunch of Friday the 13th, um, like shot, like pictures, like, so like, mm-hmm. like, like showing, these locations now. Yeah. Showing the, the differences between them. And it's like, you could totally see it, but you know, everything gets modernized and yeah. switched up. Um, so, um, Rob, Steen, Rob Stein, who played John, said that the sequences in the locker room showers were cumbersome because of the water, which appears hot in the film, was actually a frigid cold. Fans blowing steam and um, fans blowing steam into the scene also contributed to the cold. Oh my God! Yuck! Fuck! I mean, that makes sense. You can't really have it be too hot with the equipment in there yeah but that's still yeah oh man um don't what (laughs) um but yeah that that's really it um everything else we really covered um i did find i googled my bloody valentine 2 
Um, and it said, wrong, there, so there's an article that came out a year ago. Uh, writer Todd Farmer digs deep into the heart of uh, into the heart of the lost sequel, My Bloody Valentine 3D Part 2. Um, yeah, the reboot should have had a sequel, I feel like. Yeah. So looking up on fandom, it says, My Bloody Valentine 2, Till Death Do We Part. Um, the the poster shows roses are red, violets are blue. What makes you think you can survive part two? Uh, nice. I kind of like that. Um, so My Bloody Valentine part two, uh, marketed as that, is an upcoming sequel to the original movie. It has been screened by for critics, and most of them state the movie has a late 80s feel as it is set six years after the film. The plot or summary has spoilers and you should take caution, blah, blah, blah. So, um, so did it come out? I don't know. I don't see it. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to Google it and stuff and I'm not seeing anything other than the page that you must've been reading off of. Yeah. Cause it said that, um, it's got a po- like a poster, but I mean, those are easy yeah. to make, Yeah. but the, the plot of this one is it says that TJ and Sarah are now married TJ um, is the mayor, and Sarah is the sheriff of Valentine Bluffs. Uh, TJ, you know, closing down the mines. Um, but this one makes ooh. So, but um, TJ starts to close down the mines, and and then it seems Harry Warren is back. TJ and Sarah Sarah address him as Axel. However, it is revealed when doing research, Axel moved to pa- parts unknown. TJ is then speculated to be the killer after disappearing from the scene a lot of times when the miner attacks. After many kills, Sarah tries to find some info about the possible killers, and JT goes out. It is then revealed after some research from Sarah to be a surviving member of the attacks that happened 20 years ago, um, Mike. And as if on cue, the minor attack, Sarah manages to pull off his mask, and it is not the person she expected it to be. It's TJ. What a dick. Yeah. Um, hmm. True. Yeah. That's weird, because, I, like I said, I looked it up on uh, Wikipedia and stuff, too, and neither say that there was a sequel. Right. And so I don't know if this was, like, what they were going to do. But TJ explains mm-hmm. that it wasn't Mike, uh, explained that Mike wasn't the killer. In fact, it was that he was his right-hand man. Sarah manages to escape him saying the elections for a new mayor are in two hours. Remember, I'll be there. <laughs> okay. And then she runs off with TJ and Mike chasing her. They throw their pickaxes and Sarah actually catches one and throws it at Mike, killing him. Jeez. Wow. TJ picks up the pickaxe and continues to chase her. She makes it and lures her. Uh, she makes it and lures her into the crowd up on stage and yells, here's your second candidate and rips TJ and rips TJ's mask off. TJ goes insane and kills almost everyone. This sounds horrible. And even, yeah. and even the ma- uh, mayor candidate, the police arrive. It's also horribly written. Um, TJ, uh, Sarah and a vote holder. Uh, TJ throws the pickaxe at the ho- vote holder and it goes through him, then hits Sarah they both fall to their deaths. TJ walks away in victory. However, Sarah gets up and rams a pickaxe through his heart, killing him. And now Sarah's lifeless body falls to the floor. Yikes. <laughs> so, yeah, that right there is on mybloodyvalentine.fandom.com. So I'm wondering if somebody wrote that or what. It was convincing at first because uh, that poster is pretty cool. Yeah. 
So anywho, yeah. And don't back you, to the actual movie. Don't though. you, don't you fucking anywho me. Now listen up. Here's the story about a little guy and he lived in a blue world. Okay, uh, all day and all night. Ay ay ay. So now I gotta switch over to my phone because that's where my notes are at. All right, sir. All right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, kind of keeping in the vein of how we've been, did you take notes or do you just have mine? I just have yours. So trying to keep with the theme of this movie, like how we've been, um, doing our notes lately, Mm -hmm. um, we're going to do that. So yeah, the, the movie kind of starts out, um, they're in a mine, obviously, um, sure, it's Harry and I forgot the lady's name, but they're walking through there, you know, and she, it looks like they'd been working, mm-hmm. but then, you know, she kind of takes her coveralls down and then takes her helmet off and kind of does this weird look at the camera like, Ooh, but she, you know, fully, full makeup, fully like everything. I'm yeah. like, okay. Um, and it was it was just kind of awkward altogether. Like it didn't really fit with the rest of the movie to me. Like, no, again, I mean it was technically it was the only one that. Well, I guess not the only one. It, you know, it was the first kill with actual Harry Warden before they showed yeah. like the other ones. But yeah, I mean it's it's nice to have like a cold open kill. That's always a a good way to start a horror movie. It gets. You know, gets you some action up front, so then you can do all the exposition later. Well, yeah, but it was just it was. But it also doesn't make sense with what he was doing. No, because because later on it's like, oh well, he killed the two guys, the manager supervisors that you know screwed up in the first place, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, but they. And didn't... this is like, he lured some rando girl down there, or a coworker that just happened to be smoltery and you know ready to rock and <laughs> killed her too just cuz well it was really it was a really weird awkward attempt at, a, at like a a sensual moment just the way that she was like rubbing his fully covered self mm. and i'm like you know she's rubbing his gear and like she goes to take his mask off and you can hear him actually he's like no no you know and i'm like okay um but then, awkward. yeah, it, it just gets real awkward because, you know, he she puts his hand on her booby, mm-hmm. and then he's like, "All right, this is cool." And then has a heart tattoo on and, her chest, which he noticed before that because he's got a fucking light mm-hmm. on on the top of his head. So when he looks down, the light went with it. So he'd sure. seen the heart tattoo before that. But then when they get the close-up and he's got his hand, he's just kind of... Trembling? Yeah, trembling. For those that can't see us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, just kind of moves her over. And, I mean, the the pickaxe was already at an awkward angle. But, like, put through her chest. And Mm -hmm. I fucking loved it because of the fact that it never broke skin. But you... Oops. But you could still see the protruding tip of the pickaxe through her chest. Did you notice that? Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, so, like, it basically, like, the skin, and then, like, you could see it poking through, but it doesn't actually break the skin. It's just kind of there. It's 
It, it, at least that's what it looked like. And I'm I'm gonna say maybe it got edited down. No, that yeah, I don't know, but well, yeah, maybe, maybe they cut it right before it broke skin. I don't know. Yeah. But it just kind of, it just kind of made me laugh because I'm like, okay, so you're saying that you didn't look at her chest the entire time until <laughs> your hand was put there. Yeah. In the image of the heart, like, what were you going to do otherwise? Like, if she didn't have the tattoo, was this just going to be night, uh, date night? Yeah, this is be like, a little fun time. And if so, plan better. Like, uh, mines are gross. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, too, because, like, that's the next thing that we're, the, the next jumping point to talk about is, like, you know, they're kind of coming up out of the mines and they go and they take their awkward showers and, like, they try to get cleaned up because obviously it is dirty. Like, ima- like imagine having that kind of job where, like, you don't even, like, you shower before you even leave. Yeah. Because, like. No thanks. Yeah. That would just, that, that would be shitty. On so many different levels, I never want to shower with anyone that I work with. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could see that. Like, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, like, I've never, I've never been fond of the idea of group showers. And this was sure. even before I put on all this extra heft. Sure. Like, I just... Well, it kind of reminds me of The Simpsons, how every once in a while they'll show, like, a... Because they work with all that radiation, so they have to group shower sometimes. And it's like, you know... I'm good. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep my job, thanks. Yeah, I'm good. Um, So, like, just imagine, though, like, everybody doing their thing. They get off work and, like just there's nothing to do so like you're just hey we're gonna go to the mine or we're gonna you know leave the mine we're gonna go to the bar we're just gonna drink and smoke and bullshit until it's time to go home and sleep and do it all over again the next day like sounds great yeah could you imagine just like getting off work every day like there's some people that do do that at our job they'll get off they'll go down to some of the dive bars here and Mm-hmm. just do it just live it up yeah i don't i'm not saying I'm, i would i'm good yeah i'm good i mean we have homes and families and yeah. you know married and stuff like that like there's really i like to go out after work every once in a while have some beers especially once you know covid lets up and i can go drink a beer somewhere sure. um but i couldn't imagine that being like an everyday thing like be like i just even if i was single i don't want to do that yeah like I, I want to go home and sit down. <laughs> I'm kind of boring, so that's part of the problem, I guess. But yeah, but I mean, that's with a, a mining town like this is like they're not going to go to the big cool mall that they have or the awesome megaplex with the 3D screens. Like it's go to the bar or go, go to the general store for some bread (laughs) wow that sounds like a fucking awesome time justin (laughs) oh man that's my point like they don't they're they don't have much to work with there but like so they're like hey we're going to you know last person to the bar you know is buying rounds so like they're all tearing ass out of there and i'm just like oh man you're driving like psychopaths you know swerving and you know the main bumper cars yeah and it's like okay you guys just work at a mine you guys are not like local heroes or you're not like (laughs) the local sports team that can just you know it's not football texas you know what i mean like you're out like they're just racing and driving like assholes um 
But yeah, just God, that'd be there's no real way to let off steam, and I'm surprised there isn't more killers in that setting. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like you turn out like everybody, <laughs> like everybody that worked in the mine was a killer. They have 365 different serial killers that all pick pick their own special day. Yeah. Some get holidays. The rest just get a Tuesday. Yeah. And the funny thing is, too, speaking of holidays, that's a perfect segue into the next point. Like, so this is obviously, I know you didn't do it on purpose, so wipe that smile off your face. Um, (laughs) um, Just kidding. So, yeah, they live in a place called Valentine's Bluff. Dumb. Um, so it's like obviously they're gonna do Valentine's Day. It's the first one they do in twenty years. But what are they gonna do? They're gonna have a fucking twenty, like mid twenties age group are gonna, you know, a dance. Extravaganza. Yeah. So it's like it's not like now we're like you know twenty year olds are going out to the clubs and dancing where like the music's too loud, it's too dark, and it, you know it smells like shitty booze and Axe body spray. <laughs> You know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, obviously times are changing; they're different. But yeah. like, you know, 1980, they they weren't going to the clubs; they were holding dances in rec halls and like, Heck yeah, the sock hops and the <laughs> community uh, formals. Goodness, um, but yeah, so but it's like, it kind of reminded me of Hubie Halloween, where like lives mm, in Salem, yeah. and they would you know every Halloween. Like the depiction of Salem or wherever he lived in that movie, I want to live there. Yeah, I want to live there bad. That looked awesome. Except just, for the dickhead neighbors that just shit on him for no reason. Yeah, but you know, like it'd just be fun. Yeah. Like you know, uh, lost my train of thought there. You know, just like cozy, cute little village type mm-hmm. town where all the houses are nice, everything looks great, and then they just decorate the fuck out of Halloween. Like that's. Yeah. That's it. But then you have Valentine's Bluff <laughs> where it's like, yeah, I don't think that's as cool. Um, mm-hmm. but, Everyone needs a gimmick. Yeah, I get it. Um, so, yeah, this is um, around the time where um, they get the first um, heart box with the heart in the box. And um, they're driving around going somewhere and then they you know they they pull off to the side back it up and then flip around to start heading back to i believe the police station or somewhere and when they're doing that i i got super nervous because there was a it looked like a a lab or some sort of Mm -hmm. dog that was out there and that dog ran up on the police suv and like got right next to it like I was like, oh my God, they're going to fucking hit don't this hit dog. dog. I'm like, don't hit the dog, please. <laughs> like it got, like I was watching, I was like, holy shit. What if that dog was dumb and didn't back away? Like, yeah. Uh. I wonder if it was just there on the day. It probably had to be just be there. Because the it's day. such a random, unnecessary thing to have on there. Yeah. But I do love that scene. And we, I think we'd brushed on it earlier because mm-hmm. it's the first kind of gruesome thing we see aside from the cold open that made me it tricked me into thinking we were getting a much more gruesome movie than we thought and i think i i like that it wasn't too gruesome overall because those scenes were more impactful but 
I'm sorry. At the same time, I know, I'm trying to cover up your choking. I'm just going to edit all that out anyway. Oh, okay. sorry. I got a, a coughing fit there. You're just having all sorts of problems today. I don't feel good today, man. It sucks. I, I see. Well, we'll try and get through this quick so you can go nine-nine. <laughs> go take a nappy poo. Mm-hmm. Your tum-tums. <laughs> yeah, my, the old tum-tums. Um, but, yeah. Was there any I more? I thought you were going you... to go there. Well, no, I didn't know. <laughs> no, I just I like the the whole the body parts in and the hearts in bloody Valentine chocolate boxes, and it it pays off a little bit later when one of his first victims, the old lady, dies, and the guy gets a, a box of candy, and he's like, "I've already had one heart in a box. I don't need two. And he's you know nervous about it, mm-hmm. and then he opens it up, and it's just a regular box of chocolates from the the lady. I know, which is what I was actually going to talk about too with uh, Mabel and her laundry mat. Mm-hmm. Um, like when she does get killed in in there and all that kind of stuff, it's a real long drawn out scene of just like you probably could have killed her a lot sooner than that, but you know, sure, sure, sure he's got to screw with him a bit. Yeah, but it almost part like, of the fun. you almost got like this feeling like two or three times that she was like she could have got away. <laughs> yeah. Um but like I like that after everything happens and then when you catch the first glimpse of um the dryer and you know the blood the bloody um mm-hmm. door on it um how all the hearts and decorations in there are now upside down. I yeah. thought that was kind of cool. Um, just like a visual thing. It, it looked pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. But this is where you kind of get the the um, use of the killer POV shot when it shows, you know, the killer walking in and it's um, the first person perspective. Like it's not like Halloween-esque where you, you know, you have eye holes or anything like that. But uh, Or Friday the 13th where it's every kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, and they didn't do they didn't overdo it in this movie, which was nice. Yeah. Um, but I'm still it gave you enough of that dread impact where you're looking down on someone like her. Yep. Um, and so, like there, like there really isn't a whole lot of substance to this movie to really get into. No. Like, you have the a bunch of these dudes that work in a mine. Um, they like to go to the bar after work. Uh, apparently they hang out in junkyards and they play harmonicas. That's what you do in the eighties. Yeah. Everybody had a harmonica, Mm -hmm. um, boring town, you know, cause TJ had left. They didn't really go in on, you know, why he left. Um, it seemed like it was some sort of job opportunity or some life he was trying to live that didn't pan out. So he was super bitter about it. Yeah. And then came back and, you know, his dad's talking shit and he had left Sarah behind. She's like, you fucking left. You didn't call you. Right. You didn't do nothing. Cause back, you know, back then we used to write letters, Mm -hmm. you know, on paper, on paper (laughs) and put them in pens and pencils. Yeah. And we would put them in envelopes with a stamp and then mail them. Mm -hmm. And you had Mm -hmm. to wait however many days it took for that letter to get there upwards to a week if not more uh yeah i actually did i had a friend that we used to write letters it was, it was always cool um back then you know now there's no anticipation like 
if I need to talk yeah, to you, like, I can get a hold of you. Oh, I have an email. Okay, that's cool. Cool, yeah. Most of the emails you get anyway are all spam and junk, and you, I don't even read them anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't think I... The only thing that... The only emails that I get that aren't, like, spammy or, you know, promotional shit are your mm. notes that you yeah. email to me. Everything else is yeah. from a company. And you're the, the only... When I buy stuff on Amazon. Yeah, you're the <laughs> only person that I get, like, actual emails from. Um, yeah. And then... Um, you know, on the occasional one we get for this show or whatever podcast we got going on, sometimes we'll get emails mm-hmm. for those, but, um, da, 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 da. yeah. So, you know, speaking of there not being a whole lot to do in this town now that TJ's back and, you know, is pissy about the fact that his life didn't pan out and he's trying to get Sarah back, but she's seeing Axel. Mm-hmm. And so now you got the love triangle. Um, classic yeah classic trope um but like she doesn't fight it either man it's just like if <laughs> just don't be with axel then just be like okay tj i'll give it a shot like you don't have to sneak yeah. around you don't have to get forced into cars and drove off to beaches yeah and, that one was weird yeah she's like <laughs> when she forces her in the car is like i don't want to go okay let's go yeah we'll go you know and then goes out and they're talking they kiss and it's just like, oh, man. And they didn't even really ever tell. Like they hinted at it, and he's like, "Go ahead and tell her." Tell what? <laughs> you necked in the car? Yeah, nothing. None of your business. Um, <laughs> well, and they're both dicks. Like she's stuck between two really shitty options. Yeah, she really is. It's and it's and sad. It's... And the person that seemed nicest—I don't remember what the guy's name was—but who she was like hanging out with after those two guys were gone. She's mm-hmm. hanging out with him at um, at the dance, and then she's sitting next in, next to him in the mine car. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, this yeah. guy's being nice to her, but she ain't paying attention to that. No. <laughs> they, she's got dickhead and the moron. Yeah, yeah. And, dickhead one and dickhead two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, that little love triangle does lead to kind of like this brawl that gets broke up by Hollis, which kind of makes me laugh because this guy, you know, he acts goofy. But then he'll act like a boss, and then he'll break up a fight, like just get in there and hulk his way around both these guys, and they don't mm-hmm. even fight back. And it's just like, well, he's a big dude. Like a, if he wanted to, he could kind of squash them both. Yeah, that'd be like me going up to two guys in my department who are fighting, and then just putting them in yeah. headlocks, and then putting yeah. them back. And I'm like, yeah, they could probably take me both if they decided <laughs> to, you know, join forces. Um, but. So then they decide they're all like, hey, you know, we're going to go to the mine because that's the thing to do is like, hey. Well, because the, the killer's on the loose and it's like, okay, well, we're going to cancel the dance because we don't want to piss off what's-his-face and have him, you know, massacre a bunch of people. So then have a party. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what 20-some-odds do. I mean, that's yeah, and that that's was- a true-to-life now. Oh, we can't do this? Well, we'll do this anyway. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, too, is you tell people not to do something, and if they want to do it, they're going to do it anyway. There's nothing you can do about that. We're seeing yeah. that with society now. Yeah, they'll find a way Stay to home. break the rules no, and I'm be gonna done. No, I'm going to go out. Wear a mask. Yeah. I'm going to wear You tell me what to do, sheep. I'm going to wear a mask. Wear my fist in, up your ass. <laughs> I'll put my hand <laughs> in your butt. <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> um, and so, like. It's not sanitary. What would you say? So that's not sanitary. No. Oh. Um, 
So yeah, they all go, you know, they're going down there and TJ actually does tell him, he's like, hey, don't go down there. You know, there's no women allowed in the mines. And I'm like, ooh, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you could in the 80s. Um, but it's just a dangerous place anyway. Like, even if there isn't a serial killer, people die in mines a lot. Yeah. Especially back then when safety wasn't safety. There was no OSHA. <laughs> Yeah, it was just wear a hard hat and try not to die. Yeah, and make sure you keep an eye on the methane levels. <laughs> yeah. um, Bring the canary. If the canary dies, run. Yeah, oh shit, that's right. Um, yeah. And so, honestly, like, the probably the coolest part of the movie is the part with Sylvia and... Um, What's his face? Yeah, you know, they're, yeah. they're kind of in their necking, and then, like... She's like, oh, like you look up and you just see all these suits like hanging. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> That's really weird looking. I would never guess that would be the way that you'd store stuff, but okay. Hmm. And then, so, you know, he's like, oh, you just pull the string and then pop down a, a suit. And it's like, not once that I think, oh man, this is, this is going to lead to something bad. I kind of like, I was like, is he going to be in one of the suits <laughs> as it comes down? Like, right. Um, but that was a really, like, that whole sequence there. Like, I was a really, like, I really enjoyed that part where, like, mm-hmm. you know, she's, you know, she hears noises and then uh, the miner, you know, is turning on all the water uh, in the showers, which is right next to where she's at. And then all of a sudden, all the suits just start dropping around her. And I was like, that was actually kind of a a tense and, um, you know, I don't know what the word I'm trying to think of. But yeah, you know, the scene was tense. Like, it was a real, yeah. like... Sense of dread. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck, man. Like, it was kind yeah, of a I... terrifying. Like, a lot of the, th- the, the problems I have with this movie... I have a, you know, a 2021 perspective on it, but like watching this movie back then, like if I was a, you know, early to mid twenties and I couldn't do this, I would have done everything that these guys did in this movie. Like there's nothing that was like dumb because it was dumb. It was just a different time. And you know, well, that's like I said, I had a hard time with the scorecard and I came up with something that I think will be funny, but it really wasn't like, oh, these guys are just being unbelievably stupid Yeah, nobody's... outside of normal people stupid. Yeah, they're not, and... they're not tripping. They're not out there being like, just making dumb decisions for the sake. Like, there was a lot yeah. of things going on. And yeah, I didn't, have a, I didn't have a real problem with any of those. But like, so she gets killed. Everybody's dying. We kind of glossed over the guy getting his face boiled um yeah and then you know in the hot dog water yeah (laughs) and then his heart gets his heart removed and then it gets put into the water and so like they're pulling that was cool yeah i thought that was cool too because at first i was like ew what the fuck like oh that's a heart Mm -hmm. fuck yeah dude because it look is the same color as a hot dog and so i'm like oh hot dog heart (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh, it was clever. There's a lot of clever things in this movie, and I... Well, that's what's interesting. For for how edited down it is, it still has those moments like Heart in a Box and Heart in the Water and mm-hmm. stuff that is actually pretty graphic. Yeah. And it almost makes the fact that there isn't... 
gratuitous violence okay because you get some of the aftermath anyway and it just makes it better yeah i agree and that's why i don't want to touch too much on a lot of these deaths because i don't want to spoil what my favorite one is until we get to that moment sure um and so after all this is going on you get to the big reveal you find out that it's axel and mm. the reason why he's doing what he's doing is because Harry Warden, you find out that he was hiding under the bed when Harry Warden killed his dad because his dad was one of those supervisors that fucked up and didn't give a shit about the people in the mine. They were in a rush to get to the Valentine's Day dance. And so, like, I mean, it's a it's a plausible motive. A plausible motive. He's like, uh, you mm-hmm. know, this guy killed my dad because of this. Um, and it fucking now you're doing him. it again. Yep. So I'm gonna do what he did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I like it because it comes out of nowhere, and it's something that I never would have thought was true. Mm-hmm. Like I could have totally seen it being JT or TJ or whatever, because he was just a jerk the whole time. Yeah. But the other guy, like he was kind of an ass a few times, but he was just a guy. Yeah. His he... girl was getting macked on by some other guy. Right, and that's the thing too, because I'm like, okay, so Axel's kind of a dick. But it didn't really come about until TJ was. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed a couple of boots. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that was the first intentional boot. Um, <laughs> sorry, my Canadian friends. Um, that's low hanging fruit when it comes to to jokeries. Oh, no. Um, but like Axel wasn't really being a dick, dick until TJ was out there trying to sling that dick. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. put it away. Like you left, dude. Like, yeah. you. That's my thing. It's like you, you, you left. Yeah, you had her. You expect everyone to just stop and then pick things up when you come back. Yeah, time's just gonna stand still because you're not there. Like it don't work that way, little bud. <laughs> At all, <Little> feller. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, I mean, Axel's a dick. TJ's a dick. But like, it was a nice. Like, I I enjoyed. Like, the reasoning was sound. And then you mm-hmm. find out that Harry Warden actually died five years previous. And so it's like, oh, he's not the killer. The only time I went, oh, it's him, was when they quote-unquote killed him mm-hmm. by drowning in the water and we didn't see it. And I went, oh, so he's the bad guy. Okay. What part? Uh, when, so... TJ and the girls run off ahead uh-huh. and he stays back to, you know, whatever he was doing to stay back. And then you hear the struggle and him fall in the water. Okay. And then I must have been, TJ, I must have been looking at my phone at that part of the movie. I, mm-hmm. I was getting real and then TJ tired. goes back and you see the bubbles coming up from the water and, and you'd never see his body ever. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well, He's the killer because you didn't see his death. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I, I was getting real tired last night because I was like, well, I can't. I didn't know how early you're going to watch the movie this morning. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, I got to be ready for the morning, the, tomorrow morning <laughs> just in case he gets up at 7 and watches it first thing. Because <laughs> uh, I wouldn't put it past you to, yeah, to get Yeah, that's close. It, it was just, you know, Yeah. Um, after that. And so, yeah, that's really my bloody Valentine in a, in a, in a super speedy nutshell. Um, I know we have this tendency of talking about things that happen in these movies and it sounds like 
another negative review of being like, oh, da 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 da. But like, I mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of this movie, and I'll still watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was interesting. And there were moments that were actually... Tense. Because we, we... Yeah, they were tense. They were scary. They were disturbing. And we watch a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. for this show and just because we like it. And I've found in doing this show now, I'm not as affected by... I think I talked about this in another episode recently. Yeah. I'm not as affected by this stuff as I used to be because I see so much of it now. Yeah, that's kind so of So when something like this... Yeah. So when something like this does have those moments where I go, oh, that's creepy, that's gross, that's... Like, it's actually interesting, and that's why I want to buy this. Yeah, and I think I'm going to buy the the other version, too. Maybe I'll see what different ones are out there. I'll probably rewatch the uh, remake here sometime soon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, sorry if you guys liked this movie as much as we did, and we didn't really do it justice. We're still, I'm still trying to find my groove on our new note-taking process. Um, Plus, you have sandwich tummy. Oh, yeah, dude. I, yeah, I got the... the fucking gut issues right now um but i mean the the thing is it is a very cut and dry movie there's not a lot of depth there's not a lot of it it had zero impact on the genre as a whole unfortunately right not a whole and so i mean it's just one of those movies that came and went and had a reboot because that's what you did in the early 2000s and people forgot about that Mm -hmm. too like the reboot is actually really good too but who the fuck cares? Like, yeah. Um. So, without delay, we will head <laughs> into our scorecard for this episode. Indeed. So I'm gonna start it out. Um, my best killer scare is a kill and scare. Mm. Um, I found Twist. one. I found one later, but I found a way to work it out. And so my best killer scare was uh, happy at the lunchroom. When he was trying to, it was the old guy from the bar, the bartender. Mm. He was trying yeah, yeah. to scare the kids, and he built that um, minor-looking scare uh, scarecrow. Yeah. yeah. And for some reason, he went back that fourth time and got the pickaxe to the fucking gut, but it did him in. Yeah, I'll touch on that uh, a little later in my scorecard, but uh, yeah, he he definitely makes an appearance on mine. Yeah. Um. What's your best killer scare? I went with the Sylvia and the sh- with the shower mouth. Yeah, that was. I was not exp- like I knew she was dead. That's a given. Mm-hmm. But and the fact that they couldn't show it, and you just got that glimpse of the side, and you saw the water pouring out. Yeah, like you could it only was effective. Imagine, you could only imagine just how horrifying that would be. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, coming up and seeing and if, that. If anything, I think it's better that we didn't see it because if they had showed it, it would have looked corny. It would. It would have been hokey. I agree. 100%. Yeah, it would have been '80s practical effects that would have looked stupid. But this, you saw that side of the mouth, and it was like, oh my god. Yeah. Uh, Rough. So moving on to the most wanted to die, I'm gonna have to say TJ. I don't Fair. really have any. There's no, but there's really nobody in here that I like. Everybody's kind of dumb for their own reason, but like mm-hmm. TJ is kind of a dick. And yeah. he, for me, reasons we already mentioned, like, nothing, like, that's not grounds for death, but I don't have anybody else 
to put down for that. And so I'm like, just by process of elimination, I'm like, if I got to put somebody, it's going to be you. He, he was mine for most of the movie until the scene you were just talking about with the old guy setting up the uh, scarecrow. Oh, you... <laughs> he... He was Like, after intense. the first time he tested it, cool. The second time, fine. By the fourth time he tested it, I, when he died, I literally said out loud, good. Good? And that <laughs> like, was your most good. wanted to I'm die? S- yeah. I'm surprised that wasn't your dumbest moment. No, I got something better for that. Me too. But... Like, I literally out loud said good, good when he died, and that rarely ever happens unless they're really asking for it. And this guy was like, you tested it twice. It works. Yeah, you're good. Let's move on. <laughs> Even a third time I could kind of see, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, um, my most wanted to live, uh, I, I put Mabel. She was just an old lady mm-hmm. trying to trying to do a community event. Sure. Um, should she have heeded the warnings? Yeah. That doesn't mean she deserved to die. Sure. Yeah, I could see that. I went with Sarah. Uh, I didn't know if she was going to live or die, and they had that fake-out scare that yeah. made me go, oh, my God, did they actually... Like, literally right after I put Sarah, the fake-out death happened. Uh-huh. And I went, oh, are they actually going to kill her now? And then they didn't. <laughs> You're like, okay. So. So, my grossest moment is Sylvia in the shower. Sure. I love, dude, uh, like... It's great. It's... I I would almost... If we had, like, a favorite scene, that would be my favorite scene. Yeah. Yeah, that whole that whole scene with, with, uh, with Sylvia and that guy. Uh, the only thing... My, my only problem with that is her acting when she is getting scared is a bit much. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's forgiven by the reveal. Okay. So, uh, my dumbest moment... My grossest moment. Oh, uh, shot. Well, you were talking so much was, online. Was <laughs> uh, heart in the box. Because it was so unexpected that first time. Yeah. Like I thought it'd be something gross or you know a bloody something or other, but a human's heart ripped out and put in a chocolate box. Oh, dude! Or even brutal. that when he, um, when they pulls the card out of Mabel's chest, mm-hmm. like all that. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking metal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we good? Yeah. Okay. Dumbest moment. My now. dumbest moment was the begin was the intro scene with the minor and the blonde mm. with the makeup getting fair, getting worked up and killing her over seeing a heart tattoo that was visible for several minutes before. That's fair. Yeah. It, it it's a cool opening scene, but in the context of the rest of the movie, it yeah, doesn't make sense. Exactly. One hundred percent. Uh, what's yours? Yeah. Uh, mine is the town's name. Oh, Valentine's <laughs> Bluff. That is a horrible name. And it immediately made me think of Jack Frost Snowman Town. <laughs> Snowmanton? Yeah. Snowmanton? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually looked it up to make sure I got the name right for Jack Frost. But it's so cliche 80s Jack Frost Snowmanton. No. Yeah. Just... If you hadn't done that and had hearts on the police cars, like, I could have forgiven, like, this movie would be perfect to me, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and w- I didn't really have a special category. Yeah. For I this couldn't one. think of one either. Um, I did enjoy it quite a bit, though. Um, 
So that's it. That's my yeah. buddy Valentine for Valentine's Day after Indeed when this releases. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be the day after, so not too bad. Yeah. So why don't you let the world mm. know? And by the world, I mean the handful of people five that listeners. listen. <laughs> um, what's your next pick? My next pick is the 1932 classic freaks going old classic is this our very old is this our oldest this is our oldest one yet uh yeah this is our deep this is our deepest yeah i think it is damn because we haven't the only universal monster we did was creature and that was in the 50s yeah look at that thing we're going back to the 30s and then i'm like and the following week, I'm doing Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're done, because we can't go any further. <laughs> You're like, I'm going back to the the man who laughed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That would be fun to watch. It would but be. yeah, we're, we're doing that. It was on HBO Max when it first launched, but it's not anymore. I think you can rent it on Prime, but I would, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, we'll, fo- we'll, let, we'll let everybody know where it's available when we record it. Yeah. Uh, and if you need to borrow my copy to watch it, then we can work if, something out. If that's, woo, yeah, if we have... Mm. Yeah. <coughs> Good God, I'm falling apart today. Um, I know. You said 1932? Yeah. So as of recording this, it's available on all the sites. You just have to rent it. Mm. Oh, man, 1932. Fee. This is going to be yep. interesting. I've never seen it. I just know of it and the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror parody of it. It is like and this is like um Freak Show. Yeah, America. well that's what Freak Show is based off of. Okay. Like yeah, I I'm looking forward to watching this quite a bit. For anybody if you've ever heard someone in a movie or a show go one of us, one of us. Oh, is that where that? that's from? Yes. Fuck yeah. Nice little fun fact to get you yeah. hyped for the next episode. Yeah. So until then. So I'm excited to watch it. I hope you guys are excited to hear us talk about it. I'm excited to talk about it too, man. I can't freaking wait. I am hyped as shit. Um, yeah. All right. Any anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Nope. I think that'll do it. All right. All right. All right. All right. We <laughs> we want to thank you for hanging out with us today. We appreciate you guys very much as we mm-hmm. ramble on about this movie and our next one um, yeah. and everything in between. Uh, until then, you can reach us on all the social medias. Uh, we're on Facebook at Pod and Gore Podcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Gore underscore Pod, although Twitter is our graveyard. Uh, you can mm-hmm. find us on the, the Slasher app at Pod and Gore Podcast. Um, you can email us at podandgore at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and, yeah, we actually got a listener message on Instagram. So not an email, but somebody private messaged us and requested a movie. And so yeah. if you're listening to this, to um, if you're listening to this episode now, um, I'm not going to spoil it, but, uh, yeah, we are definitely going to dive into that movie. Exactly. Yeah. It's not my next pick, but it's going to be yours. Yeah. So, um, what I understand. Yeah. Basically. So this, this comes out the 15th. Yours is the first, yeah. The 15th of next month, um, will be a listener suggested episode. 
Yeah. And so, so I'm excited for that. I'm excited. Yeah. And it, it's a good movie. It too, is. So, um, but until then, um, I've been Brandon. And I've been Justin. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>